everyone. Welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Kennedy. All right. It is week three, just finished week three of self-isolation here in Vancouver, Canada. This past week would have been the first week back at school. However, there is no school. So what has been going on? Well, teachers have reached out to all of my kids. That happened last week. And just this week, they've started to assign some work. So in our house, there is a little bit of work now being required to be done from the kids. Luckily, it appears that the teachers so far are pretty lax and focused on making sure that the mental health of the kids comes first and foremost. They're trying not to overwhelm them. I understand that they're kind of working in conjunction and making sure that as teachers and as a group of teachers, they're not really assigning more than a few hours of work a day. They don't want to stress us out as parents because many of us may not actually be home with our kids during the day. We might actually still be working full time. And so we're not there to help them throughout the day getting their work done, nor do we want to put that on the shoulders of whoever we're finding able to be their caregiver at the time. We don't want to fill our evenings doing homework with the kids either. So it's really, really important that we as parents keep in mind that yes, there's schoolwork, but that we do have a voice and a say with our kids' teachers as to whether or not it's working for us in the moment. Last week for us and our family was my first week where I implemented an actual schedule into my kids' day. I talked about that on the episode last week that we had had the talk and we were going to implement two hours of schoolwork a day, two hours of exercise a day, and then sort of their technology time and their social media time and their reading time and their creativity time. Well, I'm here to say one week later, it went relatively well. Um, In part, it's because I was really quite flexible with the kids about what they each individually wanted to do and what their individual schedules were going to look like. I gave them some guidelines and we had a discussion about why I had these guidelines and why I wanted to put these expectations in place. Some were a bit slower coming around to it, but eventually by the end of the week, all of them were living by their own created schedule. And I think seeing the benefit of having structure to their day and how that made them feel as opposed to having no structure and going on with no clear path of what they were to do in a day. And I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about this sense of accomplishment that our kids need, this sense of purpose that our kids need in their day in order for them to stay mentally healthy and strong. So last week, there was no work yet assigned by the teachers. So I just had my kids on some various free websites doing some kind of work. My oldest actually had AP exams to study for, so she was taken care of. And then the other three each found something that they kind of liked. It ended up being mostly coding, and all three of them were able to do the same website just at different levels and work their way through it. And then they could compare with each other and talk about it, maybe even compete with each other a little bit because they like to do that. And it went relatively well all last week. But now this week, the teachers have actually begun assigning work. And so I will pull back a little bit from micromanaging them and I'm going to let them sort of plan how they're going to get that work done and how they're going to get it completed and posted or submitted as required. I've worked really, really hard with my kids over the past 11 to 18 years to instill in them a desire to want to do well in school. 
And if you have little ones, I think that's a really big piece of this. From a young age, instilling in your children this desire, this want to do their best work at all times, to hand in their work on time, to have good work habits, and really showing them why that's important for them in their future life has really, really helped me because I don't have to micromanage them so much. I really do put the onus on them to get their work done and to get it submitted on time. And I only really interfere if I'd see that they're not or that their grades are showing me that they're not or that their work habits or a teacher is telling me that they're not pulling their weight to whatever I believe is the expectation on them from us as a family. I have let my kids know, though, that school shouldn't be stressing them out at this time, that that they can expect to do about a couple of hours a day on the work, and that it should feel reasonable to them, that it shouldn't stress them out. And I believe that the younger your kids are, the less they should be doing, the less stuff that stresses them out or the less that creates anxiety in them, I guess is what I'm saying. Because one key thing that I believe that we as parents should all be on the lookout is for the amount of time that they stay focused on the computer needs to be balanced with physical activity. And that's what's going to lead me into the topic for today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG Lazy Parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of lazy parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow, and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic, young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. The one thing that has become crystal clear to me as we navigate this new and uncharted territory of parenting through this epidemic of COVID-19 is that our number one priority needs to be the mental health of our children. And the number one way that I believe we as parents can manage this is by ensuring that their physical health is being set as the top priority. I truly, truly believe that now more than ever, any behavior problems you might be having with your kids, any conflict in the home, any stress between your family members, all that fighting and bickering between the siblings, between you and your kids, all of these things often stem from the basic principle that your kids aren't moving their bodies enough to manage the stress to ward off the depression, the boredom, and the likely feeling that they aren't accomplishing anything in their day. Even before this all unfolded, the number one way that we as a family, that we as parents helped our children learn how to manage their emotions, learn the importance of getting on a good sweat in the day, learning how much better they were going to feel with endorphins running through their body, how they learned how to balance all the things in their life, All of these life skills were learned through sports. So what I did was I actually interviewed each of my children, all four of them, to find out what they are missing the most without their traditional sports activities in their lives right now. Here and around the world, all sports activities have been canceled. 
they are no longer able to gather with their friends or coaches in any organized way, except through a computer screen. They're required to stay home and isolated and a minimum of six feet apart from everyone else in their lives who don't live at the same household. So here is a list of what my kids described as the reason why they miss their sports so much. Number one, all of them mentioned this idea of missing a creative outlet that their sport gave them. I thought that was really interesting that for my kids, they really depend on their sport as a way of expressing themselves, whether it was practicing by themselves in a court or on a mat or running, they all thought that there was a creative aspect to that and they were missing it. Number two, they all said that they missed the good feelings that they had after a good workout. They recognized that their sport makes them feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Number three, they all said that they missed having a schedule to their day, something to look forward to, something to plan for, something to be responsible for. Boredom is a problem staying home all day, and sports helped with that before. Number four, they miss competing, working hard, and seeing the result of that hard work pay off in better or new skills, faster times, more strength. Number five, they miss seeing their friends. They talked about how different their relationship is with their sports friends versus school friends, and that their sports friendships were often a more deeper and more meaningful relationship. Because these were with people that they had won and lost with, overcome struggles with, faced obstacles with, overcome disagreements with. They all said that there was a very distinct difference between sports friends and school friends. And they missed their sports friends more than they missed their school friends. Number six, they missed getting out of the house and the travel that is involved. Obviously, with self-isolation, being cooped up in the home is something we need to think about. Sports allowed them to leave their house and go to new fields, new cities. Heck, if they were on a travel team, they got to go to new countries. And that right now is obviously not something that they're able to do. Next, they all talked about how sports gave them this purpose. How sports allowed them to feel like they had accomplished something at the end of the day. And that now without sports, they were feeling like nothing really got accomplished at the end of the day. That upset them. And then lastly, sweat. They all recognize that they need to sweat each and every day. That going for walks and just moving their body doesn't quite cut it. They need to feel their heart rate go up. They need to push their bodies to being uncomfortable because it's only then that they get the physiological response of the hormones rushing through their body and they all recognize that it is this that makes them feel better. So in this crazy world we are in right now, how can we help our kids feel these same things that they feel when they play sports? Now, when they can't. First, the connection piece. How can we find ways for our kids to connect with their friends? Sports gave them a sense of connection. So I have two ideas here. Number one, their friends. How can we facilitate them feeling connected to their friends, whether this is sports friends or school friends, just other people in general? Well, a couple of apps that you can use to facilitate this that my kids are using is number one, my little one is using Google Hangouts. We gave her an email address, so she has access to this, and so do all of her friends. She's in grade five, and they all have email addresses, and they all get on Google Hangouts and chit chat with each other. 
MS Outlook is also a really good app for little ones. Discord is an app or a website that's used to connect when they're playing video games. So if you have gamers in your house, this is a way that they can feel connected to others and not just play against them, but actually chat and connect with people while they're playing video games. FaceTime, Zoom, Netflix Party are all apps that my kids are using to stay connected with their school friends and their sports friends. The second piece here with connection is virtual classes. If your kids are a part of sports, it's likely that their programs have some form of virtual classes going on right now. And it's imperative, I believe, that you ensure that they are participating in those online classes. Make sure they're connecting. Make sure they're seeing their coaches' faces, their friends' faces, that they're chatting. This not only will help them with their physical exercise that they need, but also with their mental clarity, mental health, happiness, joy, laughing, all of that kind of stuff. The second piece I think we need to look at is this actual sweating piece. My kids all understand that it's not just moving our bodies every day, it's actually pushing our bodies to the point of sweat that is the important piece. Most days, all of my kids work out first thing in the morning. And this is something that they started when I set this new schedule, now that there is no school, but it's technically school time. And the reason why they all work out first thing in the morning is because they recognize that if they work out first thing in the morning, they've already accomplished one thing. And that's going to make them feel productive for the rest of the day. It goes to that whole saying about what's the first thing you should do every day? Make your bed. Because if you make your bed first thing in the morning, you know you've accomplished one small goal that's just going to roll into the rest of your goals for the rest of the day. So my kids really, really think that this is key to them. They get that workout done first thing in the morning. Another way that they can get that sweat piece in is through online workouts. They probably have access to some kind of online workout through their club or their team that they're a part of that they no longer can participate in in the traditional way. Get them into those workouts. Make sure that they are physically moving their body in a big way each and every day. What if you don't have those sorts of things? What if your kids aren't really a part of organized sports? Get them outside. Get them playing in the front yard, riding their bike, playing tag. I have my kids on the trampoline every single day. And if you've ever bounced on a trampoline, you know that that gets your heart rate up. They have some weird game that they invented that actually really makes them come off the trampoline sweating profusely. It's great. You could, if you have video games, there's all kinds of dance party video games. Get them dancing, get them moving. There's new action video games like Wii Fit, Ring Fit, Just Dance. Heck, even TikTok, if that is an app, learning those dances on TikTok is a great workout. And it doesn't mean it needs to be super long, but they need to be doing these bursts of exercise and maybe start small if they're new to this, but it's going to help their mental health tremendously. The next piece is this competition piece. Because my kids are in competitive sports, they're missing the competitive piece. So how are we taking care of that in our house? Well, one way we're doing that is tracking their progress. They're doing this individually. They're 
looking at a workout. Maybe they're doing some kind of online workout and they actually get to see themselves get stronger. One of my kids just said, you know, she had been doing a workout last week and couldn't do all the exercises. And then today she did the workout and she could do all the exercises. That's progress. That's her competing with herself to get stronger and more fit as time goes on. Lots of apps are doing this as well. The home court app that I've talked about before for basketball, allows you to clock yourself and track yourself and see your progress as you go. And to be honest, another way that my kids do it in my house is with games. They like to compete. So they compete against each other, whether it's with card games or board games or video games. They are competing daily with each other in order to fuel that piece of them or to feed that piece of them that they have. The other one, one of my kids mentioned was they time themselves. So one of my kids is a runner and we make them go and do their run training. We don't make them, they want to at this point in their lives. So that's great, but we do have to nudge them. And so he's timing himself to see if he's getting stronger and more fit and like setting a goal and then having a plan to reach those goals. So that part of the competition piece may be important for your child if they're used to competing and now they have nothing to compete. So think about that. And then the last piece is the schedule piece. So I've talked about that often over the last few podcasts, how important a schedule to their day is. One of the things all of them mentioned when I asked them individually about why sports was important to them and what they were missing the most about their sport was this idea of having a schedule to their day. They knew when they were in sports that they had to have certain things done by certain time of day. If they had sports at night, they had to get their homework done. Sports and doing a lot of sports really does make your kids great at time management. It's one of the things I love about keeping our kids busy. They have to learn to manage their time so that they can have success in all the different parts of their lives that they're looking to have success in. So how can we as parents during this time ensure that they have a schedule? Number one, set up specific days or times when they do the same thing. So for example, my kids who are runners, they run on the same days every week. They go to the same park and run some kind of running exercise program while they're at that park. So they go every Tuesday and Thursday and get their run in. Maybe you have access to virtual classes and they're on specific days and times. That's one way for them to set up their schedule. So my youngest does that. She has her virtual cheer and tumbling classes, and she knows what days of the week and what times those are at every single day so she can plan her day around that. And then are there times, windows in their day where they're gonna focus on their schoolwork to get that done? There might be actual times that they have to be on a meeting with a teacher, or there might be times in their day where they can work out a block of time for them to do their schoolwork. So again, setting a schedule, but being flexible with it, depending on your child and your child's temperament, just trying to be consistent with it as much as you can. Because before all this happened, before all this chaos came down on us, all of your kids had a schedule. So we need to get them back onto some kind of schedule so they feel that sense of normalcy and that sense of not always wondering what's gonna happen next. If you have little ones at home, this is key in helping keep your children's anxiety and moods consistent throughout the day. If they know what's happening in their day, then they can plan mentally for that. It was one of the tricks that someone taught me early on in parenting. Tell your kids what is going to happen that day and then stick to that schedule. Again, it doesn't have to be like minute to minute, but it should have a general flow 
of going from one activity to the next activity to the next activity so that they know what to expect. So this craziness that we are all finding ourselves in right now in this parenting world through COVID-19 and the coronavirus is something that we all have to navigate. We all have to think about how are we going to get through the next 30, 60, 90 days, who knows how long, without tearing each other apart, without destroying our relationships. How are we going to make sure that our kids and us are happier, healthier, stronger, more accomplished, feeling better at the end of this than we are today? That's what today's podcast was all about, to give you some strategy to make sure that those four pieces that they are possibly missing because they are no longer being able to do all the things that they were able to do before, if we can implement ways into our family to ensure that we are meeting the needs of these four different things, then hopefully we're going to have better relationship with our kids, there's going to be less fighting, less yelling, and more normalcy in our regular day-to-day activity. Thank you so much for your support of the Lazy Parenting Podcast over the past few months. I love getting the notes and the messages from people who this message of Lazy Parenting is really resonating with. You are my people. You are my crew. We are the Lazy Parents. If you are loving this podcast, please, I would so appreciate one ask from you. And that is that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And my second ask is that you please go and leave a review. It is the reviews that get my podcast ranked higher in Apple Podcasts. And the only reason why I want to rank higher is because then more people will find this little podcast that got started from a mom before, a teacher, a businesswoman, trying to share her ideas around how to treat our children with respect and how to raise them so that we as parents can just sit back and let them go when they leave the nest. So take a snapshot of today's episode and share it on social media. Share the love that you have with those around you. The way moms are going to find this podcast, the way parents are going to find this podcast is by you letting them know that it exists and that you are finding it valuable. So once again, thank you so much and I hope you guys have an amazing day.